Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. Hour number two of the program. You can check out hour number one on your favorite podcatcher. We talk about the upcoming NHL entry draft and some things that Canucks head coach Rick Tockett had to say earlier today as well. It's uh, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. We welcome in our next guest, Abbotsford Canucks head coach Jeremy Colleton, joining us after a big win last night. Uh, congrats on keeping the season alive. Yeah, thank you. It's the uh, best time of year to be playing, so uh, happy we're still going. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite the atmosphere. It certainly looked like it last night there in, in Abbey, and it's been a really tight series so far. Not much, uh, not much to give between these two teams. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they're an excellent team. You know, they. I think they lost five of their first seven this year, and then uh, I don't think they, I don't think they lost too too many more times than that the rest of the the rest of the way. So, it's a uh, big challenge for us. But I think we've we've played them really well, really hard all year. Um, it's been really competitive, so we're not not surprised how tight it's been. Uh, obviously, would have loved to get one of those overtime games in Calgary would have put us in a little better position, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're able to get the one last night and it's, it's a series. So, uh, obviously Friday, we've got to bring it again. Well, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's a best of five series, so not as much margin for error, obviously, and, and losing two on the road, both in overtime, it can be easy mentally, but the guys obviously bounced back in a big way on home ice. Was it, what was the message? Was it about making adjustments or was it more about like, hey, it's, it's about sticking with it here and not losing faith in our process? Yeah, well, I think it's always a little bit of both. Um, like, I, I think, we weren't unhappy with our game in Calgary. Like mm-hmm. we get it to OT and I thought we were probably better on Wednesday and they were probably better on Friday. Uh, but we also felt like we were right there and, and, you know, having not played our best game yet. And so that's, that's a good position to be in if you can get past the fact that you're uh, facing elimination, you know? So, we we've got a lot of confidence in how we play in Abbotsford, and uh, obviously, you know, the having the, the home games here to finish off, it, it's up to us to make that matter. And that was a lot of the message uh, during the week. Like we we gave him the day off Saturday, but then we brought him in Sunday, and I think that was a that was an important day for us just to get get refocused and uh, make sure our mindset was right. And I I give the group a ton of credit. Like we. I had I had uh, no concerns all week about how we were going to come out Wednesday. It felt like a defiant group, uh, a proud group, one that didn't feel like they were ready to be done playing, and I thought we showed that yesterday. How, how do you go about making adjustments, tweaks uh, to your to the game plan, game to game in in the series when you're when you're going up against the same opponent every night? Yeah, well. I mean, we, we know this team really well. They know us really well. I don't think there's a ton of secrets yeah. to how the games are going to be played. Uh, having said that in the playoffs, there's always – that's that's part of why it's fun. There's there's adjustments that you make game to game and even period to period that can help give you a little bit of an edge. But I think uh, you, know, you you go through it as, as a coaching staff and you present what you think is important, but ultimately – we we you're not going to totally change how you play uh, yeah. in a, in a day, and I don't think you should. You know, I think our group has a lot of belief in how we play that it's going to give us a chance to have success, and uh, we're going to show it. 
Can it be some things on on special teams sometimes? You know, last night you get the power play goal from from Linus and and the penalty kill locked things down pretty well as as well last night. Yeah, and I think uh, to your point, that's probably where most of the adjustments within a series happen is on special teams. Um, you know, that's that's where you know the the numerical advantage. Obviously, you can do a little bit more tactically, and um, so game to game, we do things, they do things, we react to each other, and. It's just kind of a cat and mouse as far as who's going to do it better. Well, and as far as the goaltending matchup, you guys were able to solve Dustin Wolf, who, which has not been an easy riddle to solve this season in the AHL. But obviously, you guys are very comfortable with with both your netminders, Spencer Martin and Arthur Sidlovs. And you know, you know, Martin's played one more game than Sidlovs so far. What's it been like trying to manage that kind of tandem, and and how comfortable are you with both your goalies? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's been you know, 25 games or 20 games or something where we've had both of them down together and we've basically alternated every game. Uh, we've done that because we felt like that was what was best for the team. And uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do what we think is best for the team. And I think if you package or message, you know, every decision in that way, I think most guys can handle that. They may not agree with, with everything that you you decide to go with but i mean we're trying to play as long as we can and i think no one wants us to end so everything we do is is geared towards that trying to trying to keep this going so i've got a lot of confidence in both guys as you know i think i spoke about that at length um they got a great goaltender as well i wouldn't say that we solved them Uh, he he made some excellent saves but we did enough and I think we just got to continue to get to the net and and keep testing them and uh, if we do that it gives us a chance sometimes solving a good goalie is just about that it's the old cliche get more bodies in front of them try to create chaos as much as you possibly can right totally and that's I mean there's no secrets there like they 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 know that and they're trying to do the same to our guys so can you get to the inside and and can, can you get enough good looks to you know, put the goalie under pressure. So it's going to be more of that on Friday. And as far as, you know, some of your individual players, there's some great performances. Christian Wolanin got a huge goal last night. And, and obviously, Niels Hoaglander was a big topic of conversation because on the two games in Calgary, of course, I mean, he, he played fantastic. He did have the penalty trouble. Uh, but when, when you have a player like him who obviously is feisty as well, who gets into it, how much do you want to reel a guy like that in? And at the same time, do you want to let him go and kind of be himself? Cause he can be an impact player. Like what's kind of that game in terms of, or I guess the strategy with a player like him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he brings a lot of, uh, intangible energy and competitiveness and he can drive your team with, with that. And I think you need that to win in the playoffs. You need that emotion. And, uh, you know, through five games, he has made an impact every single game. And part of, uh, you know, he's still a young player. He doesn't have a ton of experience. Is learning how to channel that in the right way and use the energy and emotion when it's going to help the team and then to shut it down at the right time as well. And I think that's just something he's going through. And I think for the most part, he's done a pretty good job with it. Um, we need him. You know, I, I think he's he's made a difference for us on the ice, but he's also, you know, attitude wise, I really like what he brings and just, it's just a matter of, you know, keeping it on the line and, uh, you know, we'll need that from him tomorrow. 
You've uh, you've integrated Philip Johansson uh, into the lineup here as uh, he came over from Sweden just in the last uh, few weeks or so. Uh, what are your first impressions of this player, and how does he fit in? Yeah, I mean, great kid, obviously. Um, you know, moves the puck well. He's got pretty good hockey sense, and uh, he's been playing at a high level in Sweden. But at, at the same time, you come over here and try to get into a team uh, mid-playoff run. It's it's a high level. It's a hard series. It's a small rink, uh, more physical than he will have uh, experienced before. So it's it's been an adjustment. But um, you know, you need you need guys to come in and, and help you. And I think he'll, he'll get better here each game, just getting more comfortable with kind of what's expected and how you got to play to, to have success in the playoffs. And it's great experience for him. As far as the status of a couple of players, um, obviously put Coles in, I know he's kind of been practicing. Is he getting close at all? And is Atu Ratu injured? And what's his kind of status in terms of availability for your roster? Yeah. So, I mean, Pod Coles and, he he is skating and and I think he is getting better. Uh, it's it's kind of it's something that's lingered and obviously uh, he would make a difference for us. It's up to us to keep playing, play as long as we can to, so that he can give him a chance to come back. So uh, and and Route Route Two is you know he's, he's battling a little bit of something and you know hopefully he can get back healthy and I think he he knows he can play better. He knows he can play at a higher level and we're going to need him to uh, to contribute. You guys have had uh, sort of a next man up type of mentality all season long. You've really, you've kind of instilled, um, you know, a team game sort of identity into this team. And that's, that's what you guys are trying to lean on right now, isn't it? Well, I think that's, that's how you have any type of team success is, uh, you know, every decision you make, you got to think about the team first. And if everyone has that mindset, then, you know, a lot of guys have individual success. And I think as a group, They've embraced that all year. Uh, they've done a great job of driving that mentality from inside the room and the leadership group. And I think that's a big part of why we had success in the regular season. And we're we're in uh, we're playing probably the the best team in the league, the favorite to win it all. And uh, we're playing them as tight as we are. So I think uh, you know that bodes well for the future. I mean, the more success this group can have, you know, hopefully there's a bunch of those guys that can go on and contribute to that same type of success at the next level. And uh, I don't think you can put a price on this, you know, type of experience for those guys. So we're just trying to extend it as long as we can. Every every game, every game, we're getting, you know, however many young guys you want you want to say we have each each extra game they get as a group. It's a huge benefit. Well, and what's it kind of been like with that environment? I know you guys have had great support all year, and you've spoken about that in Abbotsford and how they've embraced the market. And I mean, you know, I, I wasn't at the game last night, but we, we when watching it and, and seeing how electric that crowd is, like, what is the intensity of that crowd like, and how beneficial is it to play in a barn like that in the postseason? Yeah, well, it's you know, obviously it's not the NHL playoffs, but uh, you know that in the environment of playoffs and, and that type of atmosphere. It's uh, that's what you love as a player, and I mean as a coach too. But just you know, being involved with it, it's uh, it's 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 a great thing. And I think like all year, we have had great support. And obviously, I live in Abbotsford, so I you know you you, you feel it. You you talk to people whether it's at the rink or you know kids doing different things. And the team really matters. Um, in town, people care. They 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 want the team to have success and. I think you feel that at these games, uh, the, the intensity of the support and 
um, it's a big deal, which I think is really good training for the NHL where it is a fishbowl and uh, there's a lot of pressure. I think this the type of setup we have in Abbotsford and playing these types of games with the type of pressure that we have is as good a preparation as you can ask for. Jeremy, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for this today and uh, all the best in the rest of the series. You bet. Thanks, guys. Uh, there is uh, Abbotsford Canucks head coach Jeremy Colleton joining us here on Canucks Central and some really good insights. You know, he's uh, certainly built a team mm-hmm. identity there yes. and it's about the team more than it is about any one individual player and that's what's gotten them so far and that's ultimately what's um, been the biggest reason that they've had a lot of success in Abbotsford this year. And it's the type of thing that the Canucks organization wanted to instill Mm -hmm. with their AHL team and have that building forward. Yeah. And I mean, the longer it goes, the better because you get more experience, but you know, they, they had, uh, they played a couple games in the first round. They were able to get through it. Now they're on to the second round. You're getting at least a little bit of experience here, but you want to keep it going as much as possible. And, what you hope for is, you know, put Coles in. Sure, we'll see if he gets in or not. He obviously is on a bit of a timeline. But we talk about players needing experience, getting better. And it's not always a linear progression for a lot of guys. And all too raw too, as you mentioned, sure, there's something he's dealing with and they're trying to get him healthy. But when he's healthy, he needs to play better, was the message essentially from the coach. Yeah. He's played three games. He has a goal. But you can't, not that he's a passenger, but they need more from him. And especially this is a guy that the team acquired in the Bo Horvat trade. They're, they have high hopes for him long-term to be a part of this team one way or another. And it doesn't mean he's not going to be successful long-term, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you saw a higher level. Now you kind of get an idea of how much more he has to do. It's uh, it's tough. You know, he's had a really tough transition since getting traded over from the New York Islanders. They've been pretty open about that. And... um you know, he had the few games with the Canucks. Didn't really look the part for, for a lot of the time he was at the NHL level with the Vancouver Canucks. And it's been a tough transition for him to the AHL team as well. So still looking for more out of Atu Ratu. And good to see uh, Philip Johansson also getting into these games because he is a very big part of what uh, the Canucks are hoping to build on the back yeah. end. Finding cheaper talent. Yes, struggled a bit yesterday, but you know, you're know you stepping into North American playoff hockey in the yeah. AHL from playing in Sweden. So it's going to take some adjustment there for him, obviously. And goaltending-wise, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, Spencer Martin, Silovs has been good in the postseason. Martin has the better numbers yeah. in three games. He played really well the other night, too. He Martin's been really good for like about a month now. Yeah, and reading between the lines... And we'll see what happens on Friday. Mm. Almost made it seem like they're going to go back to Spencer Martin. He yeah. said he, we've been alternating goalies, have a lot of faith in both guys, obviously, but we have to make the right decision to keep winning. It's uh, do or die time. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you go with the guy that's making the most saves, got the hot hand. I um, It's tough when you get into a playoff series, and, and this is always going to be the conversation because I know people are still having it now. And we went into this postseason mm-hmm. having this conversation with Kevin Woodley about Minnesota and how do they handle their goaltending? Well, what happened? You know, they started with Gustafson and Flurry. Flurry had a bad game. They went back to Gustafson. They went again. Then they just stuck with Gustafson the whole way. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll be damned. Like we need wins. You know, yes. this is what's working. So we're going to keep going with it. Uh, even if it's against our ethos of what we had the rest of the year, ultimately, you know, by the time Flurry got back into a game, the series was over for the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. But it, it's 
it's nice to see that uh, teams like the idea of alternating goalies, but we've yet to see it work in the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs because the like coaches just don't want to die on that sword. No, you know? they're going with the guy that's making the most saves in the moment. And it's only I think it's only doable if you lead in a series and you're front running the series. Yeah, you know, you take a one nothing lead, you take a two nothing lead, and then you're in control. Now you can keep doing that because you're kind of in control of a series. As long as you're out, of, as soon as you're out of control, you don't control your own destiny. That's when it's like, all right, we 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 really got to do what we got to do to win this hockey game. And then you start making decisions based on a single game and not based decisions based on an entire series. Um, I wanted to get to this. Uh, so Abbotsford playing Calgary tomorrow night. It's game four of the series and continuing to really try and stave off elimination, try to force a game five, which would go on Sunday at seven o'clock at the Abbotsford center. So, they have the potential here to close out this series at home, but they got to win tomorrow to force that decisive game five. Norris Trophy finalists sat. Mm-hmm. They came out in yep. the last uh, little while. We see Eric Carlson yeah. as a finalist. Yes. No surprise at 100 points. Uh, Adam Fox as a finalist yeah. of the New York Rangers. No surprise there for me either. And Kale McCarr. As a finalist, um, I guess there should be no surprise, but you know, that third name was always going to be a little bit intriguing because yeah. there was so many defensemen that had great seasons this year. You know, you think about Rasmus Dahlin, the season he put together for the Buffalo Sabres, Miro Haskinen, what he's done with the Dallas Stars. You could go to Boston and say Charlie McAvoy yeah. or Hampus Lindholm. Both of them had really incredible years. So I I thought McCarr would get docked points for not playing a full allotment of games. What did he end up playing? Around 60? 60 games. For the year? He missed 22 games. So I was, I, I'm kind of surprised a little bit to see McCarr there, even though he did have a fantastic 60 games. Um, but... Uh, there's your Nor- Norris Trophy finalist for this year. No, yeah. uh, no love for Quinn Hughes as a finalist. No, and I, I mean, Which I, I shouldn't get be um, unexpected. No, and it's not a slight at him either. Because I nope. mean, I think Kale McCarr, despite playing sixty games, may have still had the best season. <laughs> like he was, <laughs> that's how good he was. It wasn't quite Mario Lemieux uh, winning the Art Ross and winning the Hart Trophy in sixty games. In sixty games, scoring one hundred sixty points, which is absurd, by the yes. way. Anyways. Um, but it was still a very impressive season from him, despite playing 60 games. And Adam Fox might have had the best all-around full season. Like, he played, you For know, me, full, like, full year, almost. If I was setting out my ballot, Adam Fox would have got my first place vote. Right. Um, I think he's that good defensively as a player and still brings the offense to go along with it. But I think both him and... Like, I wouldn't have had Eric Carlson even as a finalist. Mm-hmm. Now, I know like people are going to be like, well, how do you say that? You had 100 points. It's just, again, for me, I look at the definition all around defenseman, and I don't think Eric Carlson necessarily was that. Yeah, but he had 100 points. I mean, not even be a nominee. I get you can say you shouldn't win it, but <laughs> guy had 100 points. Not even going to get nominated for it? Like, come on. 100 points or not? I mean, who, mean had, who had the best season? Yeah, but how many other defensemen? Who had the best better? season as, as a defenseman? For me, Adam Fox. Sure. Miro Haskinen. Yeah. And then. I mean, I love Miro Haskinen, but it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, 100 points for a guy I don't think is ridiculous. Like him being a finalist is... 101 is points. 101 points. 
It's it's hundred points. I don't care. Like, you scored hundred points as a defenseman. I get it, but hundred is is sort of arbitrary. Like, How is it arbitrary? We, we saw Roman Yossi get ninety six points. He didn't win. So what? He didn't get hundred and one. He got hundred and one points. Like how do we diminish it? Oh, somebody got ninety six. Sure, but that doesn't mean it was the right decision for Yossi not to win. I just we get excited about hundred and one points. Like yeah, it hasn't happened since Brian Leach. I get it. You know, well, I mean, that's it's kind not, of important. Like him not winning the <laughs> Norris Trophy isn't going to change that. What I mean, I guess you can say any stats are arbitrary. If you had two more points, <laughs> if you had three fewer points, I mean. Sure. Well, yeah, Andre Kuzmenko wasn't a 40 goal scorer, but he still had 39. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not docking him points because he wasn't a 40 goal scorer. No, but he's, I mean, when a guy has 101 points and his defensive game wasn't as bad as people made it out to be, and if you, got, you start digging into a lot of the goals they were scored, he got a ton of empty net goal scored against them. Yeah. Who was on the ice when they were trailing and trying yeah, to score? He was like five They're on, on five. Team. He ended up being like plus five. Yeah. If you look at the real numbers. He was plus five on a really bad team. <laughs> and he was on the ice for a lot of empty net goals against. And yeah. they didn't tie a lot of games. But I'm them. already discounting empty net goals in that number. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he still won He's it on, on a bad team. He's on for the most goals for at five Have on five. Have you seen their goaltending? He was on for the most goals against at five on five. Have you seen their goaltending? How many minutes? Yeah. He was He's playing at 28 minutes a game yeah, on a really Reimer bad team. Bad. James Reimer was pretty bad. Really bad team. I uh, I said it, uh, I tweeted it on March 20th, and I still believe it today. I would consider Quinn Hughes a better Norris candidate than Eric Carlson. She was just hating on Eric Carlson. Maybe I am. I don't, I don't know. You, you can choose to say that, if you will. Yeah, I mean, to me, all-around defenseman, it's about overall value to me. Yeah. And I don't know how you can say, I mean, not you, but in general. Like, I don't know how you can say, oh, yeah, he's not good defensively, but his overall value is still made up for it. Like, I'd, I'd probably vote for McCarr because I think he's the best defenseman. Yeah. And probably Fox would be number two in my ballot, but I'd have Carlson number three. I just think if you have 100 points, you got to be nominated. Uh, table saw, James. So all three Norris finalists either missed or didn't make it out of the first round. It's an offensive league now for sure, and defensive defensemen don't get any respect. Uh, patio, regarding the Norris Trophy, there should be a separate tro- trophy for the highest-scoring defenseman, and then the Norris trophy and uh, Davis Langley defense isn't about points. It's a bonus for sure. They need a new or tweaked category. I'd much rather have a big, tough stay at home D man who shuts down superstars. Yeah. Where are those guys in the league though? Davis, like I I hear your point (laughs) and the Canucks desperately need one of those prototypical type of defensemen. But I mean like the guys are shut down. I mean the guys that are actually good at that, are very what? few across the league. There's like a handful of them. Yeah, and they're all Vic- Swedish. Yeah, and they all score too. <laughs> I mean, Victor Hedman scores. Yes, Victor Hedman scores quite a bit. Yeah. Matthias Ekholm. Ekholm, he's good. But even him, like, I mean, he's he's really good, but also, like, there are some flaws to his game. Yep. Like, Brandon Carlo is really good defensively. He's one of the better defensive guys. But you also lose something in transition. That's why it goes back to being all around. Yeah. And that's why the best defenseman to me has to do a bit of everything or at least be be able to do that and just being purely defensive as much as that it's good and you need that player I don't think a player whose value is strictly defensive is going to be able to provide the overall value of somebody who can do both things uh, Tiny Tim if Quinn Hughes had 100 points we would be livid as Canucks fans that he wasn't a finalist so yes I agree with Sat Carlson should at least get nominated Carlson's going to win the damn thing mm, we'll see so maybe I'm just trying to be contrarian <laughs> I don't know if he's going to win. I'm I'm not. Like I truly believe this in my heart of hearts. Yeah. And no. I'm I'm willing to go to the grave with this take. But <laughs> the Eric Carlson Hill is the one he's dying on. <laughs> of all the ones. Just like when I laugh that uh you know Eric Carlson was going to get traded for three first round picks. Like not in this century. Uh all right. 
Coming up, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. We'll take you uh, to Toronto, who's out to a hot start on the Florida Panthers. They're up 2-0 in the first. We'll check in on that game and take a look at the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs as they are happening. It is Canuck Central.